But I do think, I definitely think that there's more than one. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. completely agree. Because I feel like if I was Ethel, I'd be like, cool, she's gonna have a ponytail in. And then she doesn't have a ponytail in, I'd be like, hmm, false advertising. Like, I think she has to have... <laughs> have also, a these are my friends. False advertising. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 25-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And our fun fact for this episode is what is your favorite horror movie? Clearly Ethel's is Friday the 13th. Jughead likes Eraserhead. My favorite horror movie is complicated because I don't think I've actually ever seen a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have. Um, I'm not really interested in them. Uh, for uh, they make me uh frightened, which some people like, like these two. I do, but mm-hmm. not I. Same. Not I. Not I said the fly. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say that I'm sure that I would have really enjoyed the recent It movies if they were without all the scary stuff because <laughs> I like ragtag group of kids found family type stuff like that and I remember being on Tumblr during that time and I was like this looks interesting too bad I'm afraid yeah so so that's what I'm gonna go with for that and my name is Brittany Ray I'm a 30 year old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic actually just regular apocalyptic right now yeah Vancouver BC I like badass moms and long naps I'm a Twitter at Britannia where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat my favorite horror movie is probably the first one that Sam ever made me watch which is The Conjuring because no one ever believed us when we say this but the conjuring uh is, is a, a love story yeah, a love story um between a really sweet married couple who actually are real people in real life so i really love those movies i i love every kind of horror movie like i spent last summer <laughs> watching every horror movie that was available on netflix a lot of them suck but i enjoyed them anyway um i think texas chainsaw massacre is overrated um yeah. just for the record i think halloween is a classic but it's not very scary like tbh Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I have a lot of horror movie opinions. Oh, The Babadook, I do think was appropriately, um, hyped up. It's so good. Um, don't ever watch Redditary. Good. If you value your mental health, don't ever watch that movie. <laughs> and my name is Samantha Coley. I'm a 27-year-old marketing coordinator and television critic. I am a senior writer and social media specialist at Telltale TV. I like over 40s OTPs and making playlists. I'm on Twitter at Sam Casey's, where you can find me yelling about television and fangirling middle-aged actresses. My favorite... Uh, horror movie is also The Conjuring, but maybe The Conjuring 2 because uh, Lorraine mm, yeah. gets to be the hero a little bit more than Ed in that one. Mm-hmm. But I also really like uh, Quiet Place because of it course. is also a love story. And Halloween 2018. Oh, yeah. So good. That movie slapped for real. That yeah. was like a great psychological horror. Really loved that one. Yeah. Like it just fixed. Halloween is a movie that got like m- way too many sequels that it didn't need. And then this movie came back and like erased all of the crappy sequels and was just like, here's the better sequel. And it's all, it's the only one yeah. you need to watch. You're we stand welcome. reboots that fix the bad choices of the previous incarnations. Correct. Also, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 418 of Riverdale, Lynchian. So Jughead said at the beginning of the episode, but known for his surrealist films, he has developed his own, this is David Lynch. He's developed his own unique cinematic style, which has been dubbed Lynchian. And it's characterized by its dream imagery, meticulous sound design. The surreal and, in many cases, violent elements to his films have earned them the reputation that they disturb, offend, or mystify their audiences. Um, Jughead kind of explains it at the beginning of the episode, so that kind of works out. Yeah. I think um, Sam 
immediately had like a problem with it. Oh, the fact that Jughead mentions David Lynch by name and the fact that Lynchian is a thing in Riverdale like canon, implies that David Lynch's body of work exists in Riverdale canon, which implies that Twin Peaks exists in Riverdale canon, which implies that Mage and Amic exists in Riverdale canon. That's not much, that's not so much a problem as it is a gift. Two of them. Two of them. <laughs> Mage, Mage probably got that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, Alice probably got that a lot where she was like, you look like, you look like that look girl like from Twin Peak. Peaks. Yeah. Peaks. Just imagine FP watching Twin Peaks in like high school or whatever, and he's just like, wow, Shelly really is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of cute. Uh, all right, so now we're going to do Toot or Boot. And uh, Toot or Boot came from RuPaul's fashion photo review. Um, we stole it, we didn't make it up. But the scale from best to worst, if just to remind everybody, is shoot, toot, newt, boot, and scoot. So, Brittany. Toot or boot? Uh, I'm gonna give it a toot. I really liked this episode. Other than the tickling crap. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's always one part of a Riverdale episode you're not gonna like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna give it a toot. Okay, Sam? I'm gonna also give it a toot. The tickling keeps it from becoming a shoot. Mm-hmm. Because I really enjoyed the videotape stuff. Like, yeah. this is the most I've enjoyed Riverdale in a long time. Drag them. I'm definitely also gonna give it a toot. I have a few qualms about the Sharonica storyline as well. But the Barchi and the videotapes were like god tier. It yep. was such a good episode. Interesting. I really liked the Sharonica storyline. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just like um, I have the exact same complaint about it that I have with literally everything Veronica's ever done, mm. which is just Veronica's back on Hiram's side now and yeah. Hiram's a liar. That's fair. I'm, and, in, I'm in agreement as well. And basically Cheryl came into this storyline with Veronica for like 10 episodes and now it's over. You know what I mean? Like, and what was the point? That's fair. I I just rarely find Hiram interesting enough for me to care about. That's no shade against Mark Consuelos mm-hmm. at all. He's a fantastic actor. And who cool. had it awesome, is, yeah, who had a snack. Who had awesome scenes. Yeah. It's just that this episode, he was like the most compelling I've ever mm-hmm. found Hiram to be. Yeah. <sighs> So, uh, sorry, everybody. We are going to start with the tickling storyline. Oh. Um, just to get it out of the way so we can talk about more interesting things. I hope I hope you don't mind. And if you do, just skip this part. For the first time in several episodes, we get to talk about Riverdale storyline by storyline, which is exciting. Yeah. So, all right. I did the summary for the tickling storyline. <laughs> it is hilarious. Thank you for I your service. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Thanks and Kevin continue to make bank in the tickling biz. <laughs> <laughs> We really hoped this was over, but it's not, so. Reggie hears about their money making and wants in. He literally doesn't even care that it's tickling. These kids have exactly zero good judgment. <laughs> Terry says that Reggie is good at it, and I'm beginning to think that Terry thinks everyone has a great laugh. Reggie tells Kevin Fangs that they should branch out and start their own tickling thing so they don't have to split with the profits, so they don't have to split the profits with Terry. Kevin tells Terry that he's out because he doesn't want his dad to find out, which is a really good idea, but I guess not true. Reggie recruits the other bulldogs somehow and also gets the vixens somehow. They host a party in which they pull names out of a hat and bulldog Jimmy and vixen Audrey get pulled to go into the tickle suite. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Terry finds out, brings some goons to Pops to threaten Kevin into getting 40% of their profit. Reggie's not down, so they invite Terry and co. to the five seasons to intimidate them back. The next day, Kev Fangs, Reggie, and Tony are brought into Mr. Honey's office and he demands for them to take down their website because they're all wearing school uniforms like idiots. That night in Pops, Fangs tells Kevin he got into a university that's close to the one that Kevin's going to. They're excited to see what it's like for them to date outside of this crazy town. This is really, really cute, but I just, I, I wish it was Sweet Pea. And also, I really miss Joaquin. Oh, Thank Joaquin. Yeah. So neither Reggie nor Fangs are dealing drugs anymore, so that's great. Yeah, I feel 
felt good about that. Yeah. Um, Reggie's continual character evolution is actually kind of nice. I I just love Charles Melton so much, and I think constantly every time I get like this swell of love in my heart for <laughs> Reggie, how much Ross Butler could never. <laughs> Season one, Reggie could never! Never. because he's been indicted for murder. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, now Reggie is just so stupid and mm-hmm. so pure. I love him so much. Literally, like, I really didn't care for Reggie in season one. In, like, the second or third episode, he literally said something so ace to Jughead that I cried. Yep. Oh, I remember that. I just, like, really couldn't, didn't care for Reggie. And then literally, 201, they bring in... I, 201 or 202, they bring in Charles Melton's Reggie, and I'm just like, I'm back in. Yeah. He just has such a good energy. I love him so much. I'm looking up news on Ross Butler to find out if he's still indicted for murder. Okay. Ross Butler murder. (laughs) Ross Butler says he didn't conspire with Courtney Love to kill her daughter's ex. That's a real headline. Well, who's to say what he says and what is true? Yeah. Anyway, if you want to read up on Ross Butler being indicted for murder, which I guess he's no longer... There's a Refinery29 refinery article called Allow Me to Explain This Bizarre Murder Conspiracy That Involves Ross Butler and Courtney Love. So <laughs> Search Ross Butler murder and uh, you'll find something. Yeah, you yeah. should have. So they tell Reggie about the tickling thing. They literally have like a 2.3 second like look between each other and they're like, yeah, let's tell Reggie. Oh, So they tell Reggie and they say that it's not sexual and it's like an endurance sport. They're so stupid. What? They're, like, what? deeply, deeply stupid. Like, this plotline is so funny, because it's, like, the writers are like, okay, well, we can't have them do porn, so what are we gonna have them do? And they were like, oh, tickling. Here's the thing. We can't have them do porn. Okay, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why you had that thought in the first place. Just do something else. Just The amount of porn in this episode was too so much. So much porn. They're all teenagers. I'm gonna enjoy this show so much more when they're all adults. Yeah. yeah. And Reggie's like, huh, that's weird, but I need money, so. Sure. What? No, no, stop. <laughs> Think of a different high- side hustle, please. No. What if you just worked somewhere normal? Yeah. I mean, listen, okay. He's okay. supposed to work at his dad's car dealership. All right, okay. But we, so we did establish, how much does Kevin get paid per session? I I don't think it was ever... I think they said something that was between like three and five grand. So much. So it's like, if you were put in that position, would you or would you not do it? I would have, I would have a, I don't think I could do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. Three to five grand? I'm in. Five grand for not taking my clothes off and just laughing? Like, I will start an OnlyFans right now. Yeah. Give, I will, if you want to pay me five grand to tickle Sam for like ten minutes, absolutely I'm in. I think, I think I would do it if it was like a, like, like a, like (laughs) weird, like a sugar daddy situation in which it's going to one person, but like the fact that it's just going out Mm. to whatever. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not, like, that's not. You know, like, you don't yeah. know who's going to see that. Mr. Honey saw that. I think that's a totally fair stipulation. I yeah. get that. So Terry says that it's one of the best videos they've ever made. I guess it was like a threesome situation where all three of them were in there. Who's to say? Spicy! <laughs> yeah, Reggie has a great laugh. And he said that to literally everybody, so. Okay. I mean, I guess, I just keep thinking of that Justin Bieber video. I like that laugh. I like that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he just sits in the corner and says that over and over like, again. I like, I like that laugh. I still feel really bad for the guy who plays Terry. This Why? Is like, this is like one of his like first like acting roles. I went on his IMDb and like looked. Like this is one of his first ones. His big break is doing a tickling ring. Okay, but to be fair, he totally sold it. Like because he played it like a like um like a, a mob boss. Yeah. Kind of. And like he 
did totally sell it. It's just like, imagine putting this on your reel. <laughs> you have to put it on your reel and all of your friends from acting school are like, wow, he really did it. But at what cost? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so they're like, hey, let's branch out and do this by ourselves, which we already know is going to end badly because Terry is creepy. Yes. Yep. Basically, Reggie says he wants to put it behind a paywall, so he wants an OnlyFans. That's what he wants. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, okay, I get it. Yeah. Uh, he says it will pay for their community college education, but both Fangs and Kevin reveal at the end that they're not going to community college. Like, that's just a you thing, Reggie. Oh, yeah. Bless his heart. Um, Nothing wrong with community college. Sam went to community college. I did go mm-hmm. to community college. I guess I technically went to community college, too, because it was the college in my community, but luckily, the community college that I went to was, like, prestigious for the thing I was going to school for. Well, do we have community colleges in Canada? We do, don't we? Yeah, because oh. Grant Mac was a community college before it became a university. I mean, it was... What exactly constitutes a community college? Cause it's my, called a community college. Oh, well then I guess Or a not. college. Well, it was a college. Then yeah. But it, it wasn't called a community college. I went to community college and, and then went to... University. University. Yeah. yeah. Because university is expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, the first two years, you can do anywhere. Literally, so. no shame in that game. Absolutely zero. What's a community college? We're very intelligent women. In the United States, community colleges, sometimes called junior colleges, technical colleges, two-year colleges, or city colleges, are primarily two-year public institutions providing lower-level tertiary education, also known as continuing education. They grant certificates, diplomas, and associate degrees. So I guess I didn't because it's only in America? Yeah. Okay, I went to college. Anyway, (laughs) I guess I went to college is what happened. So Kevin goes and breaks up with Terry. (laughs) That's... A great way to phrase that. And he says that he's stressed out that his mom, that his mom, that Tom is going to find out. First of all, where is that guy? Second of all, I guess he's not stressed that Tom's going to find out. Like, that's a really good excuse that I think should be true. I mean, can you imagine being Kevin's dad, though? He's like, (sighs) be like, all right, will anything ever happen? Like, what now? Yeah. And it's like, at that point, you're like, well, if you're making money for college, just Go ahead. Yeah. Brittany, you wanted to talk about the fact that Terry's honestly real chill about it. I just think Terry is, the fact that like Terry recruited them for this thing that kind of seems seedy, but actually kind of isn't. Mm -hmm. He also took him leaving really well. Like he didn't try to blackmail him or bribe him. Like it was like a pretty non-toxic business exchange. And I was like, you know, that's pretty refreshing because I feel like if that was real life. Or in Veronica's storyline. Kevin would be threatened. Which he is, but not for that. I mean, he was threatened because he did do something really freaking shady, to be honest. So Reggie somehow gets the bulldogs, and basically they're like, hey, tickling each other, that seems gay. And Reggie's like, what if I made it less gay? And they were like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) Y'all, like, borderline climb on top of each other on the football field. This is where you draw the line? Yeah. Have you seen your pants? (laughs) And then Tony's also fine with it, but only if the girls tickle the guys. The amount that, like, the vixens just have to go along with, like, no one ever, like, Reggie asks the bulldogs if they're in, but no one ever asks the vixen if they want to do something. Like, they literally just tell that, they ask Cheryl, and then Cheryl tells them what they're doing. You know what I mean? I wish that the vixens had more agency. Mm -hmm. But, okay, so now Reggie has to split all his money with all of these people? (laughs) No, I, okay, so my understanding of what they were doing was... Whoever was picked gets their money, and then Reggie takes a cut. Right. Like Terry. Yeah. So, like, Reggie is the new Terry, and then each person who participates gets money. Yeah. Right. Okay. But if, if you're just waiting and, like, you're in the main room, you're like, not you're, doing you're not getting paid for that because you're not doing anything. This is really embarrassing, and I it's hard to watch. Yes. Okay, so Kevin's at Pops, and he's drinking his milk, and I... Robin had a small breakdown about this milk. <laughs> Kevin is always drinking milk. And it's not its not that I think that's weird because I'm also always drinking milk. It's true. I love milk. But 
is just the fact that, like, the Riverdale writers continue to, like, like, the amount of times that Kevin's drinking milk makes me think that they put it in the script. Like, like they, ha they always have Kevin drinking milk specifically, and I remember being like, is it supposed to be, like, a, like, a symbol or something? Because one time, Chick hung out with Ben up in his room, and then he walked down the stairs, and he was drinking milk, and I was like, does drinking milk mean you are gay? I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> I was like, is that what is that what the show's trying to tell us? I don't know. Either way, Kevin is always drinking milk, and I just think it's a weird choice for him to always be drinking milk. Maybe it's what the Riverdale writers think teenagers do. Drink milk? Yeah. Doesn't that- But no one else does it. No. I don't- I don't- I'm just- I'm throwing stuff at a wall. I don't know either. Anyway, I've been that person where you go to a diner and you ask for milk. I've been that person, so I, I get it. I just think- that we all need to pay attention to every time that Kevin drinks milk. <laughs> Terry says that he's been a naughty boy. Ugh. And I want to die. I don't love that phrasing. Yeah. Um, how did they not think that Terry would find out? Like, it's such a small market. Well, it's because, um, Reggie has been here for a day. Yeah. And he's an idiot. Yeah, that's about and all they, of it, actually. They let yeah. him be in charge. Literally... And he's so stupid. I feel like Reggie was in one tickling video and he was like, I don't want to be in tickling videos anymore, but I really want to make money. So he makes other people get be in tickling videos so that he can have money, but he doesn't have to be in the tickling. Honestly, he's a businessman, you know? Yeah. I'm just like, Hyper Lodge is quaking. Reggie, if you just did like 10 tickling videos, you'd be done and you wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, like, honestly, he could have gotten paid bank working for someone else. Like, it would have... It, greed is crazy. 40% is a lot of their profits. Oh yeah, that's a lot. But it's like, I kind of get it. Like in this weird like dynamic, I'm kind of like, I kind of, Terry, I kind of am on your team here. Well, Terry was, was like their- what they did to you. Terry was yeah. like their mentor, right? He's yeah. the one who like taught them the biz. So. Yeah. yeah. And like the fact that like some teenagers come in here and think that they can like take over his business yeah. just because like they they want more money mm -hmm. like like Reggie, I think they're on the pimp side but mm -hmm. I'm kind of on the pimp side like Reggie literally says you got greedy to Terry but like you the got reason greedy. that they did are doing this in the first place is because Reggie got greedy mm -hmm. Oh, Reggie, you beautiful idiot. So they're almost gonna break his fingies, and they're like, if you don't give us 40%, you'll never tickle again because because we'll break your fingies. That seems really unfortunate. Because you'll have no fingies. No fingies at <laughs> all. So Kevin goes to Reggie, and Reggie refuses to shut it down. And I'm like, honestly, Reggie, this is not about you. Like, Kevin's been full-on threatened, and he doesn't even care. You know, like, if I was Kevin, I would go to Terry and be like, talk to Reggie, not me. I want to give you 40%. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm stabbing you behind the back, sorry. Yeah. I value my fingers. Uh, so, so basically they all go to the five seasons and Reggie brings on the bulldogs to intimidate him because the bulldogs are like, we like having money for tickling. <laughs> but it's like, Terry is in an industry that I would not put it past anyone to have a gun. Mm -hmm. What are the bulldogs gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. God, they're stupid. And when Terry walks in, he goes, oh, this all makes sense. Because now he realizes that it was Reggie and not Kevin and Fangs, who have been, like, loyal workers for him for, like, several months. months it Kevin looks is, like, always a pawn in, like, um, somebody else's narrative. Yeah, exactly. So they get called into Mr. Honey's office. And honestly, like, at, before all of this crap happened at the very, very <laughs> end of Mr. Honey, I was fully on Mr. Honey's side all episode. Like, this is totally fair. Like, people get fired from Starbucks for making TikToks in their uniforms. So, like... The fact that he's- They do? Yes. 
you Starbucks and from like multiple places like have you seen um interview that like that Trixie did with Brittany Broski no she said that she like worked for a bank and they said either you can be on TikTok or you can work for this bank are they stupid she could have given them so much free promo so like it happens and it totally makes sense that this that this happens so Boomers are idiots so he says that he got a phone call and it doesn't matter who doesn't, gave, doesn't him, gave him the call don't worry about it and we'll talk about that later obviously <laughs> um so Kevin admits that it was them, but it's fine because it's not illegal. And then Mr. Honey's like, okay, but like the copyright on what, on your like shirts that you're wearing and the logos and everything. Um, and also the reputation of Riverdale High, you know, plus they're like, we need a tickling ring of plus all this murder and garbage. Like what reputation? Riverdale High's reputation is come here, get murdered. <laughs> yeah. So at Pops later, um, Fangs and Kevin reveal that they got into universities near each other, and Fangs says that he got a scholarship. And I'm like, you have so much money now. Like, what did you need the scholarship for? I mean, it's always great to get a scholarship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to keep the money that you made. Yeah, but American schools are really expensive. Yeah, that's true. But it's also like, what did you get a scholarship for? You know, like, he's like, they gave me a scholarship, and I'm like, okay, you were a gang member, Is he and you smart? were also in a cult. He he does not, he has not seemed smart in the past. He no. wanted to make a pipe bomb does in season play, two. Does he play football? No. What did he get a scholarship? I don't for? know. Well, so you can apply for scholarships for like anything, really. Yeah. For being gay, for mm-hmm. like what? Yes, he's bi. Can I have a scholarship now? I mean, you can you can apply for like queer scholarships. You can apply for like scholarships that are like basically grants from like dead people. That's really yeah. cool. Um, though. like memorial scholarships, like scholarships for being a woman, scholarships for like living in a certain place or something. Yeah. My family has one for single mothers who um uh, are going back to school. They started one like because my mom was a single mother who went back to school. So now like there's one at the university that she went to um called, I think it's something that I'm not going to say because I'm not going to reveal our last name <laughs> because my sister is Loki a celebrity. Mm-hmm. If I ever got famous and I had lots of money, I would set up a scholarship for sure. Ooh, what would you call it? Oh, I don't know what I would call it, but it would probably be for somebody who... Oh, it'd be called the Troy Bolton Scholarship. (laughs) Literally, but it has to have nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, oh, it's not gonna have anything to do with sports. It'd be, like, somebody who wants to do... It's, like, acting and then also, like, writing or something. I don't know. But something like that. For women, maybe? Yeah. Oh, for women. Yeah. Yeah. And then they talk about how it'd be nice to, like, be able to date outside all of this... And th- it's very, very cute. It's very sweet. I'm very on board with this. You don't like it, though. I, I, I just have, um, I have separate ships for both of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. I, like, I'm not, I'm not upset. You're not, like, anti it. Yeah, I'm not anti it. I'm just, like, a little disappointed because, um, Jordan had to go on Drag Race instead of be in a relationship with things. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, uh, and I really miss Joaquin. <laughs> I know it doesn't count that I have separate sh- ships outside of them when one half of one of the ships is dead. Hey, I was trying so hard not to say that because I was like, no, like, that's not fair. Let her have her moment. I know. I, was, I know. I'm just, I'm, st- I was I'm like, still sad. It took me a second to realize, like, that you meant Joaquin. And then I was like, yeah. okay. They should not have killed Joaquin. And I, I, I stand I by that. Yeah. I, they should not have killed Joaquin. And I'm really sad. Still. I mean, Riverdale is unique in that you can actually kill off, like, tertiary a a gay character and there's still other gay characters which like among tv shows is extremely rare i mean they they shouldn't have killed him off but it's just fascinating that like this show can do that and you still have so many other characters there i really liked that one in particular though yeah 
really I, like I completely understand. He was so special. He literally like started with the worst intentions and then without even like knowing, he full on fell in love with Kevin and became a good person and had to go on the run. Hello? Honestly, if he'd just been able to stay in San Junipero mm-hmm. and they never brought him back, I would have been really happy yeah. because happy. then I would know like he was in San Junipero. Yeah, yeah. he's safe. Ah, I'm so sad. Anyway, that's the tickling storyline. We zoomed right past that because, uh, yikes. We did not care for it. Mm-hmm. What storyline are we doing next? Next, we're doing the Sharonica storyline, mm-hmm. um, which I also did the summary for. Mm-hmm. So, uh, here we go. Veronica sees a very chipper Hiram in the morning. He mentions that he's now selling his room to Elio's family's casinos. Veronica and Cheryl are selling maple claws to college students. <laughs> that night, they give out their orders, and the Malloy family shows up to intimidate them into ceasing production. Veronica thinks they were put up to this by Hiram, so she tells them to screw off. They're not super happy about that. Cheryl calls Veronica in the middle of the night to tell her they had a break-in. Veronica goes and sees all the chaos. She yells at Hiram about it in the morning, and he tells her that it wasn't him and not to mess with the Malloys. He wants to help, but she won't let him. Hiram finds one of the Malloy sons and tells him to leave Veronica alone. He almost shoots him, but shows mercy. Wrong plan, unfortunately, because Hiram himself gets beat up. He gets home somehow, and Veronica helps him clean himself up. Cheryl tells Veronica that she thought this would be fun, and it's actually kind of scary now, and she wants out. Veronica understands. She asks Hiram for money to buy Cheryl out of the company. She says she thinks it's great that he didn't kill that guy and he agrees that he's turning over a new leaf. It's revealed that he went back and found Papa Malloy, whose name is Jinx. He full-on shot that guy, so maybe Hiram isn't quite a good guy yet. Or ever. Or ever. Or ever. So I liked this storyline, and then Cheryl was like, oh, I'm leaving, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna be bored with this again. I'm so glad that Cheryl was like, this was supposed to be fun, and now it's not, and Veronica was like, that's fine. Yeah, oh, yeah. Veronica was chill with it. I really appreciated that. No, that part was great. I was just so much of my interest laid in, like, Veronica and Cheryl doing something on their own Mm -hmm. that didn't involve Hiram. Yeah. And then it involved Hiram. Yeah. And I was sad. Mm -hmm. Like, I was interested in it because it got Penelope involved again. Yeah. But other than that, I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm fine with it being over because, like, the the whole back and forth on the rum thing, I'm, like, I'm, ugh. Yeah. I'm just tired of it. But usually I don't like Hiram, and I really liked Hiram this episode, Mm. which is strange for me, and I don't know how to feel about it. I agree. He was super compelling this episode. Um, so first of all, I hate the, I hate the Grandes. (laughs) I'm glad we didn't have to see them. Like- Literally, Hiram knows that Elio is oh wait scum. Yeah, and that he did Veronica wrong a ton. So like, mm. then he turns around and does business with him. Like, God, you're a piece of shit. I like how Veronica thinks it's all Elio. I'm like, bro, Elio's a kid. He's got parents, and they're probably behind all this. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? Good point. So now she's gonna start selling maple claw to college kids. <laughs> Anyway. I would try it. Just once. Sure. They're they're giving out their stuff and the guy's like, hey, you should come to our party. Uh, And they're like, "Uh, no. (laughs) And he's like, okay. So he leaves. I like it. You can tell, like, after having seen the episode when I was rewatching it today, you can tell Cheryl already hates it. She's yeah. already not into, like, what's going on anymore, yeah. you know? So the Malloys come in, and Jinx Malloy calls them little ladies. The sexism jumped cute. out so much. Yeah. Um. So Jinx Malloy is a character in the comics. Oh! Yeah. And I will now read you his Wikipedia. I was about to say, it sounded like a comic name. Yeah. I thought that they had mentioned the Malloys before. At some point mm-hmm. during the show, but I went on the Riverdale wiki and I couldn't find anything, so maybe they did, but I I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Jinx Malloy, a, gro- a gloomy, scrawny fellow who causes horrible calamity wherever he goes, and thus has earned the scorn of Riverdale citizens, who often take great lengths to avoid him. Archie and his friends are often victims of the misfortune he spreads. Stories featuring him tend to be about the characters trying to protect themselves from the bad luck he causes. 
Sometimes Archie and the gang use his bad luck to influence their enemies. He usually appears slightly shorter than most of the gang, and he has sandy hair and a prominent angular nose. When he causes trouble, he doesn't seem to know what's happening, so he doesn't know why people avoid him or call him Jinx. Aww. This implies that Jinx is not his, his real first name. Although he appeared at least as early as the 1960s and has continued to make appearances since, he still only appears occasionally and randomly. This makes him and Cricket Odell the longest-lasting minor minor adolescent characters in Archie comics. So there's there's where Cricket came from as well. Oh, okay. Briefly, Jinx had a girlfriend known as Lucky Penny because of her constant good luck. She was the only one who could be around him without becoming victim to his extremely uh, uh, becoming victim to his bad luck because her extremely good luck came to her whatever she did. Her good luck did not work on anyone else, so Jinx would cause as much bad luck as ever. However, Penny was not a long-lasting character and appeared only in a couple of stories. Um, and that's different than Penny Peabody, who's a completely other character who, in the comics, is Fangs' girlfriend. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where Jinx Malloy came from. Um, his sons are named Paul, Roy, and Hunter. Hunter's the one who gets who gets attacked by Hiram. They make maple moonshine. Where do the maple- where did- where y'all get the maple? The thing that I'm confused about is they make maple moonshine, but, like, where were you episodes ago? Yeah. They've been doing maple rum for a while. Mm -hmm. Well- it's because Veronica They're college kids now. Yeah, Veronica had been selling to like a yeah. high-end classy clientele and now she's moving in on the like cheap grungy market, which is where these cheap grungy people are. All right. So they refuse to pull the product um and then Hunter winks at them and I'm like get that out of there. Get get, get that out of here. Take that away. I don't like it. Put it put it away. Get rid of it. Uh, so then later that night, that night, or maybe the next night, who's to say? This episode, when it was like over a week. Cheryl calls Veronica. Um, Penelope says that she sleeps in a secret room behind the office. How big okay. is this suite in the five seasons? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's pretty big because like they had the whole maple club in there. Yeah. Um, and Cheryl's like, oh, thank God that they didn't hurt my mom. Cheryl, she's a murderer. Cheryl, literally, she's a serial and killer. And you know that. You have imprisoned. Does she? I think she does. Did, did she never ask Betty, how did your dad die? Yeah, but like nobody, we never saw it. Yeah, but at any rate, she knows that Penelope is a serial killer because that's why she's keeping her locked up. No, she's keeping her locked up because she treated her like garbage. But also because she's like she a was criminal. on the run because yeah, but, she was a criminal. Yeah, but like they don't address that. Like they don't address they like they don't canonically have Veronica acknowledge that she was the gargoyle king. They don't do a lot of things canonically, and people just end up knowing things. So I don't heckin know. But either way, I have a hard time believing that Cheryl showed up to save them at the end of season three and nobody ever told her that her mom was a yeah but that's I, a good point i should have said something i agree with you guys i'm just saying i'm leaning on the side of she has no idea because mm. the riverdale writers forgot to tell her sure that's hilarious to me so hiram tells veronica never to do business with the malloys hiram's like i'll help you and she's like no honestly should have let hiram help yeah clearly truly. he knows these people better than she does and like mark sold it so much because he was so earnest about it yeah where i was like okay you know i don't like when Hiram is doing things for Veronica or against Veronica, but it this would have been the time to team up. Right. So then Veronica says something actually quite mean, which is that um, Hiram's not strong enough to help her. I'm like, were you looking to challenge him here? Right. He looked really upset. I was like, is this because he's sick or because like, like why? I don't know why she said that. I genuinely thought she was trying to taunt him or something like yeah. into actually doing something. Right. Really? I didn't get that vibe. I didn't think she was Why like- Why else would you say something like that? I think, I don't, I think she's just trying to tell him to like stand down because he's sick and he needs to like rest, but he doesn't take that. Right. I don't know. 
But either way, I thought it was kind of mean and it was a little, I didn't like it. Yeah, it, was it was weird. A, it was a dick move. Yeah. So Hiram goes to shoot Hunter, um, but he's like shaking, so he doesn't. And you can't, I don't know if he's shaking because of his disease or if he's shaking because he's nervous or I don't know. Either way, he doesn't shoot him. Yeah. The guy promises that he's never going to mess with him again, but then he, like, does immediately, so he's literally just trying to get out of being shot, which makes sense. Well, like, fair enough. Yeah. So Hiram heads back to his car, he drops his keys, and he full-on gets beaten up by this guy. <laughs> hmm. Which is just, like, another- we're just watching Hiram go down 35 different steps, you know what I mean? Which which is, like, I, you know what really bugged me about this? Hmm. Is because they randomly gave Hiram some mysterious unnamed disease, we couldn't even enjoy seeing him get his ass kicked. Right. Now I feel bad. Exactly! Yeah. How did he get home? Did he drive? Yeah. Did he get up and drive? He, I mean, he thinks he's tough, so probably. Yes. Ram tough, you would say. I don't know. I know Hiram and Veronica have like a really garbagey, twisted, gross relationship. And I, nine times out of ten, don't like it. And I don't think he actually like loves her. But this had me thinking that like Hiram actually like loves his daughter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was moved enough to go up against an enemy that he himself doesn't mess with because he knows that they're like serious because he wants to protect her and i was like but maybe i felt something could you also argue that him doing this was just him basically saying i'm the only one who's allowed to torment her i mean it didn't play that way to me yeah i i think it's interesting that they've given us another like shady parent with three sons I'm like, oh we got rid of God. Shady Parent with three sons earlier this season. I don't need another Shady Parent with three sons. Thanks, I hate it. Like, I see where you get that interpretation. Yeah. It just didn't play that way to me. No, I don't think it plays that way, but I think you could interpret it that way, given who Hiram is as a person and the amount of abuse he's inflicted on Veronica. Sure. So, he puts it as showing mercy of what he did. Um, sure, sure. And then she says that she's always there for him. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. I think I think these writers truly think that this is them repairing their relationship. But I'm like- It doesn't feel like it. I'm like, are, are you joking? Right. I've wa- we've watched him emotionally abuse and manipulate her for many seasons now. Yeah. yeah. So Cheryl talks to Veronica saying that she used to do it for fun and so that they could hang out together, but it's not fun anymore and she wants out. And Veronica's chill with that. So she has to go back and ask Hiram for money again. She's just constantly going in circles. This sucks. Yeah, it's exhausting. I'm hoping during the time jump, they have completely, like, ceased speaking to one another. Well, like, he might be dead. Oh, that's fine. But, but we've been told that- But they haven't said that- Marisol aren't- But that might- Like, okay, here's the thing. We've been told that Skeet and Marisol are leaving, right? But they haven't told us that Mark is leaving. Riverdale- Riverdale's, like, press releases have never stopped them from completely spoiling plot points before. It's true. So it's like, I can't tell if that's, like, how we know that it's not a plot point- or if they're, like, learning from their mistakes. Right. You know? Like, I just don't know. And, like, they're just not telling us that Mark isn't coming back because- like, they've told us that even though Marisol and Skeet are leaving, they are welcome to come back as Hiram- I mean, as, as Hermione. Hermione or FP at any time. Yeah. Which is great. So would they not tell us that Mark is leaving because he can't come back because he's dying? Or- What? What? Yeah. So Marisol said that- it wasn't her choice to leave. She said that they told her that it was like best for the story and that's just how the story works. So sure, Jan. So if Hiram, once again, it's just another like love interest dies, now you're out, you know, because yep. there's nothing interesting about you. So if Hiram dies and that's why Hermione has to leave, first of all, why? Because now Veronica literally has no parents. Yep. And second of all, that's garbage. Honestly, yep. that would, uh, that's, probably what's going to happen because women aren't interesting if they don't have their male love interests 
Luckily, Hermione, in my opinion, hasn't been interesting for a while. Yeah, with her male love interest. So, yeah. So I'm like not that um, invested. I wish I was though, because so. I miss the Hermione, like, yes. and I miss her potential. Yeah. Yeah. God, her season one Hermione was, was just- so good. Oh my Even gosh. Even season two. Like, yeah. she was interesting. Uh-huh. So Veronica's like, I'm okay with taking money from you now because I think you're a good guy because of something that I didn't even witness that you told me you did. Do you want to talk about how low the bar is for Hiram? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't kill someone today. And I think that's neat. But then it turns out <laughs> you know what that didn't is? kill someone. Growth. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> so he came, gross, he went and he killed Jinx. He sure did. And he's like, oh, I shouldn't have gone after one of your sons. Should have just gone after you. And I mean, like, okay. why didn't you just do that in the first place? You idiot. Well, he had been, he was probably, like, doing what Veronica was talking about. Like, he he was, like, he had changed. Mm -hmm. And then he realized, like, he got knocked down a peg and he's like, I can't, I can't be weak. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, he just fully lies to Veronica. Because she's like, you turned over a new leaf. And he was like, yep. Honestly, what else is new? Yeah. And that's that one. Yep. I'm ready, honestly, I'm ready to just, like, zoom through those two so that we can talk about these last two storylines, especially the videotape storyline. I'm really excited to talk about it. The videotapes is so good. But before we move on to the Barchi storyline, which, by the way, we are continuing to support. We don't hate Barchi. We don't hate Bughead. um, But we we like all. Yeah. We are Uh, interested in every ship on this show, basically. Mm -hmm. So we are going to talk about Barchi in a positive light. And I hope that is okay with you. And if it isn't, that's um, also okay. Just skip. Yeah, it's okay. But that's what we're doing. All right. <laughs> uh, but before we move on, um, I just want to talk to you about TV Co. So we have a partnership with an app called TV Co. Um, they do live streams about um, entertainment and TV shows and stuff. Um, and like I said, we have a partnership with them. So every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. PST during this whole season, we have done live streams of Riverdale. Uh, and... We are coming up on the end of the season here, so we're doing our last few live streams, but all of our live streams are on our profile on there, so you can always go back and look at any of our live streams for this season and all of our live streams during hiatuses when we watched episodes from previous seasons. You just have to download TV Co., which is in the uh, description of this podcast, and you can search Riverdale or you can search Aficionados, and that's how you'll find us, and we are live streaming at 7 p.m. PST every Tuesday on TV Co. So we hope to see you there. It has been super fun so far. It has been. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Barchi time. I did Barchi. Okay. I feel like Barchi storyline was like the epitome of blue balls. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Barchi. Archie thinks about joining the Naval Academy. I spelled naval like a belly button. (laughs) Whoopsie. Betty reads her old diaries about how she met Archie. Alice comes in and asks what Betty has to be stressed about. I don't know, like everything from her entire life. I don't know. She's like, why would you ever cry? And Betty's like, hmm, well... Would you like to start at Dad's a Murderer or end with Dad's a Murderer? Yeah. (laughs) Barchie hide out in the bunker and just vibe. It's nice. They can't cheat on Jughead and Veronica, though. They hold hands. Archie visits Fred's grave and asks what he'd say if he were there. Probably, he'd probably tell Archie to follow his heart, which is cheesy. Betty keeps reading her old diaries at school. Archie once proposed to her when they were little, but Betty said they had to wait until they were 18 and in high school. I had already, uh, I hadn't even graduated. You know? 
Mr. Honey calls Betty to the principal's office and tells her she volunteered to be in charge of the yearbook. I'm sure that has nothing to do with anything in the rest of the season. <laughs> Archie starts writing a song. Please don't be season one Archie again, for the love of freaking God. Betty reads about she and little Archie listening to records. Archie shows up to quote unquote help with the yearbook, but it's actually to tell her that he can't stop thinking about her. She can relate. They plan to meet up the next day so they have time to think about stuff. <laughs> I thought he was going to dump Veronica. Yeah. Same. Betty reads a memory of Cheryl making Archie kiss her because they both have red hair. Um, The implication of Jason also having red hair is not lost on me. Well, I yeah. wrote that down as well. Yeah. She hated Cheryl. Cheryl comes in and says she'd like two pages in the yearbook. One for her and one for Jason. Betty is kind of a huge bitch about it, but whatever. Cheryl steals her diary and figures out that she's thinking about Archie. Betty says a part of her has always been in love with Archie for years, but Cheryl points out that actually she's been in love with the idea of Archie and that she and Jughead are endgame. So obviously Cheryl spends a lot of time on Bughead's Dan Twitter. <laughs> anyway, she says, hey, don't stray. That's like a really bad idea. Archie plays Betty the song he wrote for her, but she can't handle it. They love Jughead and Veronica. They feel safe with each other, which is why they're drawn to each other. So they can't keep doing this. It's over. Archie goes home and keeps playing the guitar. Mary thinks he wrote his song for Ronnie, not Betty. Archie says he's ready to apply for the Naval Academy. Alice finds Betty burning her old di diaries and she convinces her to keep just one, which I'm sure also won't come back later. <laughs> so basically, Betty's the one who doesn't want to date Archie by the end of this. Mm -hmm. And she is like, no, because I love Jughead. And then at the end, she like gets a resolution for that where she's like continuing to date Jughead. She's going back into the storyline with Jughead. It's like Jughead, Jughead, Jughead. <laughs> Archie is like, she's like, I love Jughead. And he's like, and I love Veronica. And then like later she's like, I love Jughead and you love Veronica, right? And he's like, he doesn't anyway. Answer. And he's just like, he, he doesn't he full answer. Full on does not answer. Like, changes the subject. And then at the end of the episode, Veronica has nothing to do with Archie. When's the last time Veronica even saw Archie? Like literally Veronica and Archie's relationship has been completely absent this season. Like no. they, they give them like occasional sex scenes and they're like, that's enough, right? I think it's because even the writers know, and I, by the way, like, now, honestly, now that, like, the veil has been lifted, and I don't think the writers are, like, super geniuses who are writing all of this to be a parody, but are, in fact, taking themselves very seriously, I think they're idiots. So I'm like, did y'all, like, did y'all get bored with this relationship? Because I'm bored with it, but you're the ones writing it. Yeah. So that's not on me. Um, so Archie is playing his guitar, and it says that it's 4.02 p.m., and this show has done that thing, like, a lot where the random numbers that are inside the episode are, like, the episode number. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, it really could have been 4.18 p.m., and it would have changed exactly nothing. It yeah. really should have been 4.18 It took nothing. Yeah. The set decorator really just yeah. dropped the ball on that one. So Archie's writing a song for Betty, and all this, like, fan video stuff feels like it's, like, in Archie's head. It really feels like Archie is more serious about this relationship with Betty than Betty is, obviously. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think Archie's, like, ready to move on for Veronica. Uh-huh. So he, like, tries to look out the window at Betty, but she's not looking back at him. She's reading her diary, and we learn that the way he got that scar on his eyebrow is that he fell off his bicycle. Finally, we have an answer. At least that's how Archie got it, not necessarily that's how KJ got it. She says that Vegas is very cute, but not as cute as Archie. That's fair. And then Alice comes in and she be cry about how grown up Betty is. And she's like, what could you cry about? And it's like, maybe everything. Literally everything that's ever happened to yeah. her. She actually has a really traumatic life and probably should be in more therapy. Yeah. Like, <sighs> Twitter was talking about it. I think it was Macy last night. Um, do you know her handle? At 90s Maidchen, I think. Yeah. Macy was talking about last night how it would have been perfect for Betty to ask 
Alice for advice yes. on any of this. This literally happened to her. Like, this literally happened to Alice. Alice has also read her diary, so she knows that she used to have a crush on Archie. Uh, and, and she also, like, ended up with the wrong person in, right. in high school. And like, then... she knows what it's like to, like, be torn between two people in high school and then regret the choice that you made for 25 years before getting it right. And it's just like, talk to your mom. Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to be like doing everything over and over and over again and like, do it. <laughs> so Archie and Betty are down in the bunker. And I gotta say, like, Betty has now seen the like creepy video and I would not be hanging out in the bunker or walking around Fox Forest after seeing that tape. Yep. Fair enough. Yikes. Um, so yeah, he says that he loves Veronica now, but he doesn't say it later. And it feels like he kind of like practiced a specific line that he was gonna say because he says, it's nice, right? And then later he goes... Yeah, I don't know, but um, it's nice, right? And it's kind of like a really interesting, like, it's kind of an interesting detail because you could read it as like the writers got lazy and they just used the same line twice. But you could also, like, it's kind of like realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. He like yeah. wanted to say it to like see if she would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't think, and then I can't remember if she does the first time, but he, like, yeah, he says it twice, which is yeah. kind of interesting. So, um, they hold hands, but they, we don't, but nothing else that we see. Right. I don't think they do anything else. No, I don't think so either. I'm like, how did y'all get out of there? Are you just like, okay, anyway, and then we just stand up awkwardly. And like, leave. one of them like, awkwardly gets a text from Veronica or Jughead, and they're like, like gotta go. Like, okay. oh, right, we're yeah. considering being unfaithful to our partner. So Archie goes to visit Fred's grave, and he wishes that he was there, and I do too, and <laughs> he says that... Um, Fred would probably say, follow your heart, but Archie just doesn't know where his heart is leading. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this is like, this is, this is exactly what we needed in a, like an episode with such dark, like such a dark storyline and the other yeah. storyline. Oh, yeah. Like this one's just like fluff. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic Archie comics yeah. too. Like, yes. It's always been Archie being torn over Betty and Veronica. Yeah. So Betty, we finally get to see Betty's perspective on the proposal that they talked about in like 101 or 102. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says to ask again when um, they're 18. And I'm like, okay, well, Archie, you gotta be asking again. You like, right. that's the point. You gotta be asking again. The next day, it's Betty is reminded that she volunteered to be on the yearbook and Mr. Honey gives her his headshot. And honestly, I don't think, like, this is another example of why I think we can be super chill with Mr. Honey in this moment because, like, he's like, okay, well, good luck. I mean, here you go, right? And it kind of, it reads as us being like, okay, Mr. Honey is giving Betty another freaking workload. But he wasn't there when you were appointed. He's not the one who asked you to do it. Like, he literally just, like, looked at a list and was like, oh, it's Betty. Here. I know, but I think it is, like, really, uh obtuse for him to be like listen to her say yeah before the black hood and the gargoyle king and all these people getting murdered at prom i said i would do that and he's just like well here you go keep doing it but here's the thing she doesn't go i don't know if i want to can you find somebody else like she just goes okay and she just takes it so it's like she doesn't ask to be i mean i guess but like a considerate person would be like is this do something you, you can to, handle? Is this right. something you want to do? Do you that's need fair. other people to volunteer with you? That's Both fair, of you that's to fair. assume that he's considerate. Uh, no, that's I'm saying like saying, I'm yeah. saying he's not. So Archie continues writing the song about Betty, and he, we're really getting season one Archie vibes here. But I like Archie better now, so I'm like okay with it. Mm-hmm. Then Betty talks about Fred's records and how they were listening to it together, and they were holding hands while lying down, just like they were in the bunker in the um in the flashback. It's that's a pretty cute parallel. I liked it. Archie shows up to help with the yearbook and he's well, like, okay, help. fine. That isn't why I'm yeah. <laughs> I like that Betty knew immediately. She was like, okay, here's the thing. Um, no, 
you're the most transparent person I've ever met. Yeah. Right. So they talk about how they can't stop thinking about each other and they're going to hang out tomorrow night. And he says, okay, that that's fine because it gives me time to finish something. And we thought, oh, oh my God, he's going to break up with Veronica. But it turns out it's just a heck of a song. It's like, he's never like, mind. He's just writing a song. I'm like, please break up with Veronica. It's very clear, especially during this podcast now, that he is so not in love with Veronica yeah. anymore. Right. So, yes, like, stopped being fair to Veronica. Like, I, I feel, I would feel bad if it happened now just because it's, like, Cheryl broke up with her and her dad, get like, got beat up and, like, all this garbage and now she's in her, in, like, every company she has is, like, just her and everything. And she's then Archie breaks up with her. So, like, um, Betty in her diary talks about how she hates Cheryl. I think it's so cute. Because she made Archie kiss her at school. So, <laughs> so that time in season one that we saw wasn't even the first time that Archie and Cheryl Apparently did. not. Do you They're, guys want to talk about the redhead thing? Yeah, so they both have red hair, which is why. And of course, this is definitely a creepy blossom thing. For sure. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. You know. That their parents made them kiss now. Ew, 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 ew. I don't know. I don't know if you do know that. Because I think it could be the point I mean, in which Penelope's like, you need to find a redheaded kid or like Oh yeah. Or something I like guess. that. You know, like we need to keep red hair in the family rather than it being like a I'm confused. Are you my brother? Like <laughs> I guess maybe, but like that's the way Penelope was raised also. It was like she was adopted to be Clifford's sister wife. Yeah, but she was adopted because they weren't like blood related. You know? But there was also that when uh, she and Archie kissed in season one, it was because he looked like Jason. And like they were, oh God. Remember? I thought it was just because he was being really nice to her. No, like the whole reason that he was even there is because he reminded them so strongly of Jason. Right. That's Penelope true. was like, bring in Archie to be like your date to this thing because he kind of looks like Jason. Exactly. And um, then the rest of the like, I think because it was like a whole sexism thing with that, right? Because mm-hmm. um, they were like, Jason's supposed to take over and he's supposed to like, hit the hammer into the thing or whatever yeah. and so we need like Cheryl to have to have like a man beside her for anybody to take her seriously right so yeah I don't it was like is it the sexism thing is it the incest thing I don't know either way it's gross yeah there's supposed to only be one page per senior which is like I guess it is a small town right because I was thinking like if there was one page per senior in my yearbook that yearbook is like pfft, right long like, well in when we were in high school, I was on yearbook, so like I'm I did yearbook for like my senior year, and for like regular like senior photos and like all of that, you did get a bigger section, mm-hmm. but there were like, still like four per page because you got yeah. a picture and then like a quote. Yeah. Um, but you can also purchase pages at the end of the book, so like you buy a page at the end of the right. book. Okay, so like gotcha. I would think that that's what this is, uh-huh. but. I don't know. Yeah. Because originally Cheryl was like, I want two pages. And we were like, really, Cheryl? And she was like, I want a page for Jason. We were all like, oh, okay. We were like, yeah, that makes complete sense. That, honestly, you would assume that they would would be doing a tribute to Jason anyway, because, like, he was a very popular kid who got murdered. Also, Betty shouldn't be doing this by herself. She should have, like, a whole team. Absolutely not. I think I wrote in my notes, I was like, you can't do a yearbook by yourself yeah. in a matter of weeks so because much work. it's literally impossible. Well, now she has lots of work time, right? <laughs> Yo, but like Betty's attitude when Cheryl asked for that and she just goes, sure, fine, whatever. I was like, are you kidding me? It's yeah. for her dead brother, you asshole. Yeah. Like, I guess it's meant to indicate that Betty's like mind is completely not on this, yeah. but it was really rude. Yeah. So Cheryl talks about how she always knew that Barchie was real. Um, and, but she does say that 
Betty is probably in love with the idea of Archie and the idea of a relationship with Archie, but not actually Archie. I think that is so freaking insightful. Yeah. And then she says that Betty and Ar- and Jughead are endgame, so they were trying to, like, take back the whole endgame thing that they said in the pilot. Which, like... Because that's bit them in the butt several times. Can you imagine being a Barchi stand and going from, like, the- just the heights of the last few weeks, mm-hmm. just- just being crushed like this? Mm. I would be genuinely sad if I were them. Mm. Yeah. Sam, thoughts? As a Barchi stand? I mean, as a Barchi stand, I'm just like, this is not how I wanted it. Like, I enjoy- I enjoy watching them, like, angst over each other, but, like- don't be shitty. At least in season two, when they kissed, it was because they were both yeah they were both out broken of their up. Yep. Yeah. Um. So down in the bunker, but he doesn't even let Archie finish the song, which is like <laughs> pretty song too. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but it is just like one hundred and one when she like watched him sing the song and then she like ran away crying. Yeah. Also, in the flashback, he's, like, wearing the exact same shirt, not necessarily now, but, like, earlier in the episode, and if it wasn't the exact same shirt, it was very similar, same colors. Like, the same style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when she doesn't let him finish, he's, like, worried that she just doesn't like it. It's so wholesome. My sweet boy, no, you did a good job with the song. Like, I was, like, cringing. I was, like, oh my god, he wrote a song, this sucks. And then I listened to the song, and I was, like, this is actually really pretty. Yeah, and but and he full-on does not say that he loves Veronica in this scene. No. Oop. Then she's like, okay, well, we want to keep our relationship, so, like, bye. And, like, it's interesting that they're like, okay, well, I don't want to lose Jughead. And it's like, it's like she wants to gain Archie, but she doesn't want to lose Jughead. And it's like the whole, like, have like your you cake can't, and eat it, too. You can't, yeah. you can't have both. You have to pick one. Yep. And so she picks Jughead because, I don't know. <laughs> Jug- I think even though she said you and I always feel safe with each other, I think she feels safe in her relationship with Jughead because yeah. it's what she knows. Yeah. 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 It's hard. I like I get it because it's like you want to maybe explore other options because you don't know like you could like you're very happy in your relationship, but you could be happier with someone else. You want to explore your options, but then you lose the original one. And so it's and if this one doesn't if Archie doesn't work out, then now she doesn't have anything, you know? Right. Um, so this is absolutely not over. No, oh, Archie not. is all up in his feelings, and he had exactly zero resolution with Veronica. Archie, like, is literally like, I'm leaving, before he, like, will even talk to Veronica or Betty Fully. about this. So then we see Mary, and she says that he must have written it for someone really special, and assumes it's about Veronica, but it isn't. <laughs> He's like, actually, Mom, I wrote it for, um, you and Brooke. <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, totally for Veronica. Yeah, for sure. Sure, sure, sure. So Archie says he's ready to go into the Navy. And basically what's going to happen is that Betty's going to like read that final diary and she's going to actually figure herself out and realize she wants to be with Archie. And then she's going to show up to Archie's doorstep and Mary's going to be like, he's gone. Yep. He left. He's gone. He left. When will this happen? Who's to say? Yeah. But a like, year oh, from maybe. now. Oh no. Yeah. I think that what they did say was that they are going to record those last few like three three episodes that we're supposed to get which is like good because there's no way we're getting the like they're just gonna be nothing will make sense they're gonna be the first episodes of season five right yeah like i know it says season finale but i wish that these would be like still title like still like 420 421 422 i agree so that like it's not so confusing because i don't want 501 to still be in this this season you know what i mean yeah i i I, well the writer said that like they were intending on doing these episodes. So yeah. Like, so why did the CW say it was a season finale? Like, I mean, it has to be. Get your heads out of your asses. But I just hope that. I guess I it's just know. for like the way it runs, like yeah. television yeah. wise, Who's like the way it airs. Yeah. Um. So Mary says she'll call Brooke about it, and I'm like, you do that. <laughs> uh, Betty's burning all her diaries. Didn't Alice try and do this like in season one or something? She tried to burn her diaries, or what did she burn? What? She was burning something. Right? Alice was gonna burn her diaries. Yeah. During season 
three when she was on oh, farm right, drugs. Oh, right, right, Farm Alice. Which, like, also doesn't make sense. Like, half the things Farm Alice did doesn't make sense because you think that she's actually fine, but she's... But then all the things that she does leave literally even in private are crazy. Yeah, like, she was supposed to be... The, it's because they... They messed up that storyline so bad. Yeah. So bad because they didn't finish writing it until the end of the season because they were like, wow, we really screwed up Alice Cooper. And I was like, yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, so then Alice tells her to save one diary and she's like, okay, that's fine. And I'm like, there's gotta be, there's gonna be like a, either, there, th- this diary is obviously very important. Something important yeah. is with this diary. Either it's about Barchi and she's like gonna realize her actual feelings and then he'll be gone or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or there's gonna be like some clue within the like for the videotapes in there somehow or something um like i don't know either way that diary is important it's it's yeah it's Chekhov's gun yeah cool any other thoughts before we move on to videotapes no other than i just firmly believe that this is like like barchi has been like blue balled for so long like the way that they're dragging this out does kind of indicate endgame right um which i hate to say but i think (laughs) that's correct you know so I'll be interested. The thing I'm most excited for is for Archie to just go be a, a person apart from any relationship. Yeah. And when he comes back, he's going to marry Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> Where, honestly, Where I, is he? I could not be happier that he was not in this episode, though. True. Because, uh, oh God. Didn't want to get into the tickling Didn't thing. Didn't want him to be in the tickling thing. Where is he? Like, I don't think he, like, school isn't over yet. He shouldn't be at Notre Dame yet. No. But whatever. Um, this gives me a good opportunity to finish my fan video that I was making. Hell yeah. Um, but it, it, it sucks because there's supposed to be like a five year time jump in between it. And now we're having this huge, huge, huge long hiatus and the actors are going to come back and they're like, guess we'll finish the... <laughs> I guess we'll finish these last three episodes before we have to look considerably older. Right. You know what we should do? So our friend Emily works at a retail place here in Vancouver. And KJ Appa is a normal at, not a normal. A regular. Well, not quite a regular, but she sees him pretty frequently at this place. And I think we should just have Emily ask KJ how it ends. (laughs) She, like, first first of all, she is not going to do that. Second of all, he is not going to tell her. So I I think I'm on to something here. I mean, you can ask her, but I don't think it's going to work on either end. Emily, just just ask KJ how it ends. Just like he comes up to check out and she's just like, so, um, how does Riverdale end? And she, he's just like, I have to go. He's probably like, I haven't even gotten the last script. Yeah, he's like, girl, between you and me, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. No one knows, to be honest. He's like, there's a time jump, but Whatever. I don't know what's on the other side of it. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the videotape storyline. But first, who wants to talk about Patreon? Oh, Sam does. Wow. How about Sam talks about half of Patreon, and then Brittany talks about the brand new perk that's coming in for our $5 and up. I'm cool with that. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to ask me any questions about Patreon? Sure. What is it? Uh, Patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators and get perks. Like what? Uh, well, I'm a Patreon of the Aficionados and I get early access to every pod. By how much? Uh, it varies pod to pod. But so like with Riverdale, because it's weekly, it's like a couple days. But with other things like Stranger Things or Lost, it could be like several weeks. That's pretty cool. Depending on how fast Robin edits, really. Mm-hmm. And if I can't donate, then what's something I could do? Uh, you could uh, tell a friend about us because we're really funny mm. and they would probably like us. And if they have money, they could donate. <laughs> I feel like that's... <laughs> tell, you which, tell your rich friends. <laughs> I feel like that's 
like the best way to support a podcast. Especially is in these oh what what's the corporate speak? In these trying times. Trying times. Uncertain times. Uncertain. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we really appreciate it. If you guys enjoy us, tell a friend. We have five podcasts. I'm sure you can find somebody who likes one of those things, you know? It's true. Even if you don't watch Stranger Things, you got a friend who likes Stranger Things, right? <laughs> you know, listen, it's a lot of this. It's just a lot of jokes, insight, character work. On it's, Stranger it's, Things, we don't have to dunk on the writers, so it's like even more pleasant. It's it's just us again. Yeah. So if you like this, you'll probably like that one. Or your friend as well, or whatever. Um, but we do have a brand new perk that just came out for people who help us $5 a month and higher. Uh, Brittany, would you like to talk about that? Yes. So Robin and I both own small businesses. Um, mine is called Belux, B-E-E-L-U-X-E. And Robin's is called Hybridy. And I'm going to have her spell it so I don't screw it up. H-I-B-Y-R-D-I. And we, you can find us at shopbelux.com. And um, if you check out and you're one of our patrons and you use our special code, you get 10% off. 10% off? Yeah. What sort of things do you make, Benny? I make um, resin art. So basically whatever I can find a silicone mold of, I can make. Um, so I have makeup organizers, keychains, like Star Trek keychains, Star Wars keychains, um, pins, art pieces, whatever my heart desires is what I end up making. Cool. And, um, Robin, what do you do? I do embroidery. I've been, like, obsessed with, I've been, like, secretly obsessed with embroidery for, like, several years because we did it when I was on stage for Pride and Prejudice. It was just something that, like, they gave us to do in the background during, like, family scenes and stuff like that. And I've literally been thinking about it forever. And so back in March, I started actually doing it. And um, so I make fandom inspired embroideries in which I have lots of different fandoms, including Riverdale. I have six Riverdale designs, um, all the whole core four and Shoney. So, and they also come in like duos. So if you don't want the whole core four, you can get like just Bughead or just Barchi or whatever. Um, And yeah, I work really hard on it. So if you guys are interested in any of these, or even if you just want to look, check out shopbelux.com. It's in the description. And if you are $5 and up on our Patreon, you can get 10% off. Yay! Sam has some notes that she missed. (laughs) Brittany's going to go pee while Sam talks about the notes that she accidentally missed. Um, I just wanted to say that I thought Betty's diary entries were, like, really well done. Yeah. They were in the right, like, voice. Like, the way Lily does the voiceover is really well done. The like writing of the words that she says is really well done. Like it feels like that's something that six year old Betty would write and like 10 year old Betty would write and like 15 year old Betty would write, you know? Yeah. I just thought that was really well done. And then there are like a couple Twin Peaks references that are mostly in this storyline, but they could have gone so much harder. The amount of of like it took me extra time to do my notes because there were so many references to different things and I was like I don't got this kind of time right (laughs) I uh I said that the maple club does sort of have the vibes of one-eyed jacks which is the brothel in twin peaks Uh uh-huh but when you go in the scarlet suite which we'll talk about later that even has like more one-eyed jacks vibes because I'm pretty sure there's like I'm I'm twin peaks is very difficult to watch um, because it's confusing. So I'm probably misremembering this, but I think that the red room in Twin Peaks is at One Eye Jacks. So that's that's the energy it gives. Okay. Me. The red room is a reference to Twin Peaks. I think, yes. Okay. Also, the opening of this episode is reminiscent of the Twin Peaks uh opening credits. Gotcha. Um, because they like 
have like mystical music over like trees and the sign of the town. Yeah, and, like, I feel like every time we see the sign of the town, it's like I feel like pilot we saw the sign of the town was like automatically a reference to Twin Peaks. Right. I mean that's like that's also like small town where spooky things happen, right? So that was like always right. kind of it, I think. And then like the video store guy is named David, so yeah. I'm assuming that's a David Lynch. Yes. Uh, reference. Is Eraserhead also David Lynch? No, I looked that up. It's Interesting. not. Um, like, why wouldn't you wait, pick a David Lynch film? Wait. Then. I know Friday the 13th isn't. Right, no. I knew I knew one of them wasn't. Let me actually look. It might be. Yes, Eraserhead okay. is David Lynch. Friday the 13th is not. Right. So good. I retract my statement. Okay. <laughs> good job. They picked a David Lynch film. Yeah. There's like a significant bit of, uh, like, for example, Blue, I'll talk about it when we get there, but Blue Velvet is a um, David Lynch yes. uh, film. But then he says, Paramecium Theater? <laughs> Can't wait to tell you what Paramecium is. Oh boy. Wait, isn't it records? Is it? I think it's records. Because I looked it up and it's just uh, an amoeba. Yeah, I know. Amoeba? No, but like, I think he says Paramecium Records. It's Paramecium Theater. Are you sure? Yeah, I heard theater. I yeah, Bijou Theater. But they go to the Bijou theater. theater. He says records. Theater. Well, okay. Either way, now I have to. I have to look at it. I I, I agree with you because I also remember hearing. The so word I'm like, records, am I high? I wrote down theater for some reason. Maybe know, I meant Bijou Theater because I put Bijou. Like right that makes sense to me because it was Bijou Theater, Paramecium Records, and then Blue Velvet, Blue Velvet Video. Video. Because they were all different. I thought. Yeah, it's Paramecium Records. Okay. Wow. Which is like, it. which is like weird because like I don't think that a record store equals cinephile. But yeah. anyway, can't wait to talk to you about what paramecium is <laughs> like what like the weirdest choice of word right okay so you did the summary for the videotapes storyline. i sure did all right so jughead shows the scariest videotape ever to alice betty fp and charles jelly Be- jelly belly jelly bean isn't allowed to watch because she's baby betty says that she's not interested in getting sucked into another mystery but uh charles tells his baby brother that he can help out on this case Aww. if he wants Jug thinks that maybe they can identify who dropped off the videos by reviewing the station footage. Charles tells God that'll take forever, but Jughead's like, I got the time. I guess he's done studying. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Jughead sees a blurry hand on the videotapes and decides it's Ethel Muggs, and he goes to interrogate her at school because, for plot reasons, she's not in that mental health institution with Polly. Yeah. She says that it wasn't her, and she's trying to get out of this town without any more drama. She didn't make a weird bughead tape. She just has one in her room, but we'll get to that later. Yep. Jughead thinks that whoever made the tapes is a cinephile rather than a simple voyeur. He and Charles decide to check out the local movie places that include the Bijou and Blue Velvet video, which is still renting tapes in 2020. Uh, David Lynch, question mark, runs the video store and he keeps records on paper because nothing makes sense and time isn't real. They find out that Ethel is a regular and she's checked out Friday the 13th 16 times. Charles thinks she's a prime suspect, but Jughead thinks that his single conversation with her is enough to deem her innocent and tells Charles to leave it alone. Jughead turns on the charm with Mrs. Bell and asks if, River- asks if Riverdale has an AV club. He learns that Ethel is the president of it and that Charles has beaten, them to his- beaten him to the Since lead. when? Since right. when? <laughs> Since plot device. Oh, God. There are no characters on this show, only plot devices. Ethel wasn't here all last year. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He confronts Charles about interrogating Ethel, and then Charles reveals that she has a very interesting videotape that Jughead should watch before he decides she's so innocent. Surprise! It's that sex tape Brett made of him and Betty. Ethel says she can explain. She tells him about the Scarlet Suite at the video store, aka the adult room that exists in any standing video store. <laughs> it's got homemade porn and snuff films, and that's where she got Bughead's sex tape called Ponytail Playmate. I have thoughts on this. I have very, very important thoughts on this. <laughs> and she kept it to protect them, definitely not because she watched it 16 times the fbi raids the store with a warrant and starts going through the back room 
Jughead finds the, the tape of Clifford Blossom killing Jason Blossom, and wow, this is juicy. Things exist in this room that were supposed to have been deleted, destroyed, or erased. Interesting. Finally, we learn that Holden Honey is a regular at the video store. Better yet, he's a regular of the Scarlet Suite. He's very disappointed that it's closed, but he says, ah, oh, maybe that's for the best. How many times has he watched the Bughead sex tape? <laughs> Jughead That's why he was so weird about the quiz show. Yup. Jughead tells Betty about the sex tape, and they reminisce about how gross Brett was. They get a call from Cheryl, and she's also gotten a weird tape recreating a murder. It's Jason. I miss Brett. <laughs> really miss him. Okay, so first of all, I am so glad that Jughead told everybody about the tape and didn't keep it to himself. Mm-hmm. I was really worried he was just going to keep it to himself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay, so including the Jason tape, two people have died, I guess? I'm assuming, yeah. Where are these taped tapes filmed? Like, was that one filmed in the basement of the White Worm, which is where Jason was killed? Well, it looked like it, the, but... The question of all of this is whether or not those tapes are real. Yeah, I mean, that's what Jughead, Jughead calls them actors. And I'm like, I is that Jughead thinking that they're actors, or is that the writers trying to tell us that they are actors? Well, he called them actors before he saw the Jason one, in which someone was full-on mm-hmm. shot in the head on camera. Right. Yeah. And, like, like, there's a bloody that, hole in the mask. Like, could that be faked? Sure, but, like, I, on VHS? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, my next question is, why aren't they looking for who's missing? Who's missing? Who are these actors? Can we talk to the actors? How can we find out who these people are, rather than where this tape is coming from? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, then they tell Jellybean to go away, which is good, because, uh, yeah, go away, Jellybean. <laughs> you shouldn't be seeing this. They say that it was dropped off at the sheriff's station, but that's not necessarily where it was put originally. So, everybody's dropping off all of their tapes at the sheriff station so even if they were if they were dropped off at cheryl's house she's taking them to the sheriff station right? yes so we're, we still don't know exactly where it was put originally betty said she doesn't want in because she is preoccupied and she's in a different storyline she doesn't want to do this which is so weird for her yeah charles calls jughead little brother and i cry thank you please please make charles just a really bad uh, he was a, actually this episode was one of the best jobs he's done as mm-hmm. an fbi agent yep. mm-hmm. um but he's still like his track record is bad he is a bad fbi agent <laughs> and i hope that he just is a bad, bad fbi agent rather than is evil mm-hmm. they still have not i swear if we get to the end of this like next episode but also like the three episodes that we are supposed to get if we mm-hmm. get to the end of that and we don't get an explanation we got <laughs> one scene with charles and chick i'm gonna be like huh you know we're not gonna get an explanation these writers are stupid no but but that one like they they like put like, that one like that one was so deliberate like there has to be something to that like in the final three we might get one but i don't think we're getting no. one next week no i don't which either. sucks finally they're going through surveillance footage i've been saying since season two black hood that they should be looking at surveillance footage and they yep, never do yep so i'm really pleased about that i love that riverdale sometimes pretends um modern technology doesn't exist if it's inconvenient for them right right um so jughead says that he wants to follow the lead alone and charles is like that's fine no you're no. such a bad cop no don't do that no he's a teenage boy um okay so here's the part that like on second watch really messed me up okay so let's all just agree <laughs> that ethel has seen jughead's sex tape Ugh. yeah has she seen all of it yes who's to say but probably she says yes. she stopped it but i don't believe her i don't believe her i either. don't either so she's sitting like in chemistry or whatever and jughead walks up and she goes oh jughead this is so unexpected jughead she has seen jughead sex tape yep. she is looking at jughead in a completely new lens that she usually does she yep. has seen jughead sex tape and she goes oh hey jughead and like rewatching it in like the moment where she's just like oh hi i'm like i don't like it i hate it i hate it so he says that she dropped off a bunch of tapes and so i was thinking how many did she drop off like why did she have so many but i think it just ends up being like the three tapes because there's been like 
multiple ones and she has yeah. obviously like not everybody's been like giving them out mm-hmm. but i did think that originally there had been like a few houses and then more houses and then more houses mm-hmm. so like it's kind of like interesting that ethel has been on like her house has been on all of them i guess right I can't remember if they mentioned the Muggses before, but I feel like they might have done. I think they did. Um, she promises that she didn't make the tape, but I don't really believe her, uh, especially after what happens later in the episode. Agreed. <laughs> this is the 35th time that Ethel has been accused of murder. Literally, <laughs> literally every single time something goes wrong, they're like, should we just bring Ethel back for like one episode? And we're like, just make her a murderer so that I don't have to see her again. Yeah. Right. It's their favorite misdirect is to say it's Ethel. And it's just like, pull the trigger. I'm yeah. just like, I don't like Ethel. Like have her kill somebody. Mm-hmm. I- I'm really hoping that it's a teen. Like, if it was Ethel, I would rather it be Ethel than Mr. Honey, just mm-hmm. because it's been an adult every single season, and I would have really liked. I would really like to see it be a big bad that's like a teenager. That's why I really liked Brett and Donna. Yeah, yeah. like mix it up, do something different. Yeah, do a trick. So Jughead says maybe they're not a voyeur, maybe they're the filmmaker, and I'm like, maybe both. Both is good. Yeah. It seems like even if they are just a filmmaker, it looks like they are also a voyeur. Yeah, like they're also <laughs> yeah. so creepy. Like it's not it's not a neither situation. It's they're definitely a voyeur. Mm-hmm. What right. are they also? Right. Yeah. Um so he also says that since it's on videotapes and it's on VHS, they, it, that's like a very like cinephile thing to do. It's like a kind of ironic, you know. And it's like, okay. I mean, I don't think that's a real thing, but okay. So then he talks <laughs> about how they must have hired actors and like I don't know about that. I don't know about no, that. No, I think people actually died. Yeah, like I said, wouldn't you be able to like chat with the actors or something? Yeah, like I don't know. Um, so they talk about how they're gonna go to the Bijou Theater, they're gonna go to Paramecium Records, and then they're gonna talk about Blue Velvet Video. And Blue Velvet is a nineteen eighty-six American neo-noir mystery film written and directed by David Lynch. Whoa! Blending psychological horror with film noir, the film stars a bunch of people, including lawyer Laura Dern. <gasps> And is named after the 1963 song of the same name. The film concerns a young college student who, returning home to visit his ill father, discovers a severed human ear in a field that leads to his uncovering a vast criminal conspiracy and entering a romantic relationship with a troubled lounge singer. I would uh, watch that. Yeah. So that sounds cool. But uh, so you think like Bijou, that means jewel. Mm -hmm. Blue velvet, that obviously is really important. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, I wonder what paramecium is. So paramecium is an amoeba. Oh, okay. They are widespread in freshwater, brackish, and marine environments and are often very abundant in stagnant basins and ponds. Because some species are readily cultivated and easy to induce to conjugate and divide, it has been widely used in classrooms and laboratories to study biological processes. Where did this word come from? Someone was like, that word? It sounds cool. Sounds cool. Let's use that. That, why? Why? Fun. Weird. So they go to the Blue Velvet and it's open 24 hours and what isn't? Like, (laughs) you know, how do you have employees? Like, I have so many issues with this. (laughs) So the store owner's name is David, which we assume is a reference to David Lynch. Yes. Uh, Sir, why do you talk like that? Why do you talk like that? Is it a reference that I'm not getting? The way that he talks? Honestly, probably it is. Yeah, he's talking weird and I assume it's a reference. I think the accent is like a, a thing. Okay. Yeah, because it, it was weird. It's deliberate. Um, So they're like, has anybody acted suspicious? And he's like, all my customers act suspicious. <laughs> Sir? All my customers are suspicious. It's, I run a VHS operation in 2020. What, if, uh, you expect this to be above board? I'm like, sir, you're going to be murdered. <sighs> yeah, fully. So instead of having like a computer, he has a like a book of all of his customers, of course. And Jughead's like, I like it. I'm like, Jughead, that's so much more work for you. Really? You like it? Okay. I like it because I like old things. And I'm yeah. like, you don't have to be a cliche hipster all the time. So we learn that Ethel rents Friday the 13th 16 times. Girl. I have a theory about this. Just buy it. 
Okay, yes. Do you think the Friday the 13th has, like, porn on it? Like, somebody went over top of it and has porn on it? No, I just assumed Ethel was gay for Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, okay. That was that was my theory. I yeah. thought that was Halloween. Is she also Yeah, is she in Friday the 13th? I always get it mixed up. Who's in Friday the 13th? I don't know. I haven't watched Friday the 13th. I've Me either. Watched okay, it. Friday the 13th, uh, the film tells the story of a group of teenage camp counselors who are murdered one by one by an unknown killer while attempting to reopen an abandoned summer camp. Oh, that sounds fun. That does sound fun. You want to watch Friday the 13th later? Yeah. Okay. And just pretend you're Ethel and you you guys watch it and then on the next podcast we'll talk about why you think Ethel likes it. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Anyway, it's weird. Buy it on iTunes. There has to be, like, I wonder, this is not going to come back. But, like, yeah. I wonder, like, if it were to come back, I would have the theory that, like, maybe there's something inside of, like, the tape, like, holder. Yeah. That she, like, has to, it's like a, I don't know. Anyway, I just think, like, it could, if you want to watch a movie that many times, you buy the movie. Yeah. On iTunes or wherever. Mm-hmm. Or literally just offer to buy it from the video store. Like, there must be something to do with that specific tape, I feel like. I don't know if it's going to come back or anything, but that's what my thought process is. I'm with you. So Jug says that that might not that might not mean that she's guilty um, because he watches Eraserhead a lot. So Eraserhead is a 1977 American experimental body horror film written, directed, and produced and edited by David Lynch. It tells the story of a man who is left to care for his grossly deformed child in a desolate industrial landscape. Yikes. I don't really know if that's like the whole story. I feel like there's got to be something else in there. But uh, yeah. I mean, like, to be fair, I watched Jurassic Park on repeat, and that most people, I don't think, would want right. to watch that as comfort viewing. I watch Night at the Museum, too, all the time. <laughs> well, that one makes sense, because it's supposed to be comfort viewing. That's true. Right. Um, but he says that just because he watches it over and over again doesn't mean he's the man in the planet. Um, and I looked that up, and it seems like it's definitely, it's in Eraserhead. Right. Um, but I think it basically just means, like, the man behind the curtain, like, the person who's really pulling the strings. Yeah. Charles, Jughead has told Charles that Ethel used to be obsessed with him too. And Charles is like, I'm just getting like thing after thing after thing on this list and nothing is good. Good is coming out of this for her. So, and Jughead's like, drop it. And Charles is like, okay. And then he doesn't. In one of his best moves as an FBI agent ever. I truly am so happy that he didn't drop it because yeah. the minute Jughead was like, do you mind if I investigate this on my own? I was like, no. Yeah. You're a teenager. And Jughead says it really seems like she's in a good place now. Really? Does it? <laughs> Really? You talked to her for five minutes. I don't know. It seems like she's in a good place because she said she wanted to get out of here and I can relate to that. <laughs> he says that she doesn't have the bandwidth or the equipment. So I think what he's saying is she's not smart enough and she doesn't have the equipment. Oh, I thought bandwidth really meant the internet connection. I thought he meant like bandwidth head wise. Oh, yeah. But maybe that's just me. Both. Um, or the equipment. And actually, she does have the equipment, and he's about to find that out. Yep. So Charles goes against Jughead because Jughead's being stupid. And it's his job. Yeah. And this is probably one of my favorite moments in the episode, and we watched it, like, several times. That's because like, it's so funny! The flip that Cole does when he talks to Mrs. Bell. Like, I love that about Jughead, because he really, like, sees how to talk to other people and how to get things out of other people. I mean, I'm, I'm a Slytherin, and so I... <laughs> I don't know if anybody else does, but I really respect somebody who can manipulate people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I what love the moment. interesting way to phrase that. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I think Jughead's probably a Slytherin as well. And um, he, like, he walks in, brood, 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 brood. And as soon as he, like, goes up to Miss Bell, flip. Yup. Hi, Miss Bell. I 
just had a real quick question for you. You know, I love that. Yeah. He turns on the charm instantly. I loved it. I loved it. He has the capacity. Mm-hmm. He has the range. So it turns out Ethel is the president of the AV club. Oh my God. Oop. Um, Charles has already been here and left with Ethel. And Jughead's like, what? <laughs> Why did you do that? So Charles is like, here, she had this tape. Maybe take a look at it. Ethel has the sex tape. Do you want to talk about how in order for Charles to know what it was, he probably had to watch it too? Yep. Yeah. Or at least like turn it I think that Ethel says that she turned it off really quickly, but she didn't. She absolutely watched it. 100% she watched it. I think that Charles... Charles has seen his brother and sister have sex. Okay, here's the thing, but, like, who knows... That sentence is so cursed. (laughs) Stop. Wait. Who knows where the the, the tape starts? Like, it could start with all the foreplay, so he probably just, like, saw that that's what it was and was like, whoop! Like, I think that Charles truly did look at the beginning and then completely turn it off. You know? Like, I believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, just the sheer fact that Charles himself kind of has to say, oh yeah, this is a sex tape that my brother and sister made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Okay, so my next note was like, we're very obviously bringing Brett back into the equation. They're talking about him. We're not seeing him. Yeah. They're talking about Brett. And I thought he must have been made, he has to, He must have made copies of this one sex tape that he has. But, <laughs> so Jughead destroyed the one that we were really talking about at the end of 416. Yeah. Right? And, okay. Okay, here's the thing. So she says that it is called Ponytail Playmate. Okay? Yep. The one that we've been talking about, the one that we saw being shot in 407, mm-hmm. I went back and looked at it, yeah. and her hair is down. Her hair is down. Oh my god! Which means that Brett didn't make copies of that one sex tape. He has several sex tapes of Jughead and Betty. Ew. And this one happened, she happened to have her hair up during this one. Yep. And that really, I think it was like the quiz show episode or like around there when like Brett was just like standing outside waiting for them to be finished or whatever. He was probably thinking like, I'm totally going to sell this to the thing out here. And he was like, finally, y'all guys are done. Ew. Oh God. So I have a question. Okay. Do you think that was Brett making multiple tapes or do you think it was the writers forgetting what happened and they knew that Brett called her ponytail? I think that either of those things could be true. Oh, he called her ponytail too. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But I do think, I definitely think that there's more than one. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. completely agree. Because I feel like if I was Ethel, I'd be like, cool, she's gonna have a ponytail in. And then she doesn't have a ponytail in, I'd be like, hmm, false advertising. Like, I think she has to have, <laughs> to have <laughs> also, a Also, these are my hmm, friends. False advertising. <laughs> I tried to indoctrinate some of them into a cult. False advertising. Okay, so I have more thoughts on this, but basically, like, there's this iconic locker shot. Like, you know, like, when Ethel has her locker open, like, Mm -hmm. you know. There's always going to be someone behind There's always someone behind. Like, you know, as soon as they close it, they're going to shift focus and there's going to be somebody behind. And uh, I knew it and I love it. I love shots like that. Okay, okay. Here is the reason why I think that she got it from Brett. Okay. Okay. And she knows who Brett is. Okay. This is, this is my reenactment of what happened. Okay. Did you get this from Brett? No. This is what I think should have happened if she didn't know who Brett was. Did you think this should happen? Who's Brett? (laughs) Am I wrong? No. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's Brett. Did you get this from Brett? Who the f*** is Brett? (laughs) Am I wrong? There's no way that Ethel would know who the hell Brett is. Oh my god. Oh my god. Every time that I have these revelations, I'm literally like, the writers have (laughs) no idea they've done this. You know, for sure. I can't believe you've done this. This could be completely off base. But like, God, did I get serotonin every every time I think I figured something out. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
Okay, so now she talks about the Scarlet Suite. They're really making Shannon Purser do the stuff they make her do. Yeah. Sure. I, thought, I thought last season was, like, too much. And now... <laughs> I hope she gets paid well. This is, like, her only episode this season. Oh, bless. This is what it is. So, yeah, Ethel's into porn tapes. Uh, <laughs> Ethel... Pornhub, like, just, normal people, you weirdos. Just go on the internet, bro. Like, like, it's 20... Like, they've confirmed it's 2020. That's why... That's why <laughs> she always has to, like, keep renting that tape. Because... She just doesn't know how to use iTunes. Yeah. Y'all, it's real though. Because like I worked at a video store Mm -hmm. and we had an adult room Mm -hmm. and it was just, it was very popular and we had regulars. Like they would come back over and over and I'm like, the internet Mm -hmm. is free. I have so many questions. It's like, who has that type of confidence to be able to walk into a store to get that? And I'm not talking about like adult stores. That's completely different. Right. You know, but, but like going into a regular video store, mm-hmm. getting the XXX stuff, coming up to the counter, looking somebody in the eye and be like, I would like to rent, rent this porn that somebody else has already watched. And like, and I have to like, the, the, the girl at the counter has to like, look at the titles that you're getting yeah. and like, see that you have a thing for like, barely 18 or like, ew, stepmoms. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, porn on the internet, ladies and gentlemen. So Ethel says that they also have snuff films. I heard. <laughs> okay. Has like has she watched Jason's murder too? Oh my I god. I mean, who's to say? Like, like you said in your summary, like that was supposed to be deleted. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be done. And so, like, that's why it's confusing that like the Jason thing that they made the tape about and the Jughead thing they made the tape about are completely separate things. Yep. Because the Jason thing, like, there's a video of it, everybody knows about it, everyone knows what happens, but the Jughead thing literally had, like, four witnesses, Mm -hmm. didn't even actually happen. Like, it's just, like, who would know about that specific thing other than, like, Brett, Donna, Joan, and Jonathan, may he rest in peace. (laughs) You know? I mean- R.I.P. The thing that I think the writers will do is try and pass it off as, oh, how Jughead was killed was public knowledge. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, that's kind of the kind of shit that they pull. Sure. But you're right. Like, very few people should know about it, let alone who we suspect, which mm-hmm. is Mr. Honey. Yeah. So Ethel says that she turned it, turned off the sex tape, sex tape and just kept it so that nobody else could get it. Which, mm-hmm. like, if that was true, would be very nice. Well, like, but why sure. don't you just keep Friday the 13th then? True. Unless there's, like, some sort of, like, weird note inside that she's passing between somebody. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, would be my theory if... Ethel were more important, but she isn't. Oh right. my god, that would be so cool if she yeah. checked out Friday the Thirteenth multiple times because she was talking to Mister Honey. Yeah, like oh. Mister Honey takes it in between hers or something, right. or like whoever. So and they're planning a murder via yeah passing notes. And David's like, tape. meh, I don't look. Um, so they go back to the Blue Velvet and they have a warrant. And okay, so here's all the things that I found in like the Scarlet Suite. Yeah. So first of all, soft core is in the back, and then we have submissions. And I didn't know if it was like submissions, like BDSM, or submissions like from people giving their yep. sex tapes. Oh yep. yeah. Either way, sure. So um, some of the videos are named Black Hood Unmasked, Black Hood Diaries, something about Vixen, and had the word Vixen in it. Oh my god! Please tell me someone made a porn series about the Black Hood. Who's to say? And then a maple murder, which is the one that has Jason's thing in it. But, like, Black Hood Unmasked is, like, either somebody made it about the Black Hood or, like, it has something, like, like they wouldn't have the actual Black Hood death, right? Because only the Core Four and Penelope and Hal were there. Right. Like, would it have to, like, I don't want it to be Penelope again. I mean, Chick could have planted it there. 
Oh, God. <sighs> Whatever. Okay, anyway. Um, what if the big bad for the videotapes is Chick? I would love that. Again, it's all... Yeah, I guess, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and then Charles... And then Charles would have to be part of it, probably. No! Or, like, or the reason that he's bad... He's a bad cop is because his boyfriend is misdirecting him. Yeah, and he would know what would, like, misdirect him and stuff. Right. Um, I always forget that Charles is gay. Like, like canonically, Charles- not just, like, right. as a joke. Like, Charles is just... Stupid. He is Maybe. stupid. How did someone get the Jason tape? I think we already talked about that. And like we said, anybody who looks at the tapes, like, could reenact the Jason one, but, like, the Jughead one? Yeah, how- like, is there any possibility that Brett was recording that? Uh, I mean, maybe. Like, like that's some serious evidence that Donna would not allow him to- Yeah, I just feel like there's a possibility. Sure. So then David says only over 18 are allowed back here, and I'm pretty sure Jug is over 18. Um, also, why would Ethel be allowed? Is Ethel over 18, I guess? I feel like, like, he's, right. like, like he's like, she's one of my regulars. And I'm like, for how long? I feel like he only enforces those rules um, when there's cops present. Right. Sure. And, like, didn't uh, Jughead have a birthday? Like, isn't he yes. over 18? Yeah, he's absolutely over 18. I think he's the oldest of the core four. Right. Yep. So then we see Mr. Honey, and sorry, Holden, room is closed, and everything's confiscated, and Holden says, probably for the best. Be like, well, why would you say that? To, to, like, he's gonna, he's gonna kill David. porn addiction? Jesus Christ. He's gonna kill him, right? Like, doesn't he seem like cannon fodder? Maybe. Well, Mr. Honey is, like, dying next episode, so I don't know if he's got the time. Yeah. Who's to say? Um, so Cheryl gets a tape of Jason's murder with those creepy masks. Um, Betty is now, like, totally in to spend time with him and everything because she's done with Archie. Done with Archie. <laughs> um, how does everyone have a VCR? I have not seen a VCR in years. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, how does everyone have a VCR? Why do these tapes still work? Like, <sighs> how do their TVs still have plugins for the VCR, yeah. like- cables because we don't even make tvs with cables that plug in like that anymore yeah. like he he must be making so much money off that back room that that's how he stays open because mm-hmm. like no video store that rents tapes yeah is open anymore mm-hmm. unless it's for something seedy let alone 24 7 yeah right so for this one that cheryl just got it has different angles because there's uh, there's like the main angle and there's also the angle where you see like Clifford look into the camera or whatever. That's yep. a different angle. Yep. And then um, I noticed like, I don't know how this one could be fake, be- but I did notice that the person who was like- Shot? Shot wasn't, didn't seem as scared. Right. As, as the That's Jughead one. Point. Well, they did seem like they were arguing. You think? I thought. Like they didn't seem like as scared, but they did, like they weren't like- the sound wasn't as scary right. as, as the other one, but mm-hmm. they did. I thought they were arguing. Yeah. Or like miming arguing. I mean, maybe they were trying to pretend to be Jason because I don't think like Jason in the video was just kind of like looking at Clifford at the time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like that would like imply that the person who got shot was like in on it and like was helping out or something, you know? I mean, if they eventually sort of reveal that all of these things were staged, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised because you could find a way to assume they were staged. Mm-hmm. But if they're real, I think that's more intriguing. Yeah. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we move on to segments? Uh, no. Okay, so now we're going to move on to segments. My first segment is asexual jughead, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. Tapes. He has sex tapes. He has multiple sex tapes. I don't care. Still ace. Still super ace. So ace. And my segment is which MILF was most badass? Alice, I would say. There wasn't much MILF content this episode. Alice and Penelope? Mary also made an appearance, oh, yeah, but Mary. like nobody... 
And I feel like I can't in good conscience give any, like, badass MILF award to Penelope. I actually had a thing about Penelope that I forgot to mention. I was like, what if, because she has this, like, weird moment where she, like, looks at Cheryl after, like, those guys leave or whatever. And then she's the one who's like, they were here. And I'm like, do you think she talks Cheryl into... Well, I was trying to decide if she either was like, okay, guys, you should come back now when they're not here. Come on in and trash the place. (gasps) Or if Penelope was like, trash, trash, trash. The Malloys did it. That would be amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think we'll get follow through on it. Yeah. on that. But I, I do have thoughts about like it. the Malloys acted like they did do it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about that, but that's just a thought. It's a had. fun theory to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my segment is: Did the Snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? And <sighs> FP wasn't in this episode, so no. But they could have. And they will next week. Yay! And also, their son was there. That's true. He's around. Oh, wait. He was in this episode for like two minutes at the beginning. Hey. I don't know. I don't know FP. if he was. Was he not on the couch, too? I don't think I so. I thought that was just Alice. We'll have to go back and look. Yeah. Oh. Well, either way. Either way. Either way, they, they barely acknowledged together. it. And they will next week. So that's yeah. my rights. Now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Reggie and Fangs for... Are you dealing again, Fangs? No. Are you? No. That's why I'm broke. Reggie is a delight. Respect. I love Reggie. And mine goes to Cheryl for... Maybe you gals have heard of us. No, I'm afraid I canceled my subscription to Trackers Weekly. I never had it, but I was born in Alberta, so I feel like it's, like, in our blood. Mm. And mine goes to Cheryl also for... Be a bigger hit if you two came. You ladies supply anything other than booze? (laughs) Ew. Get out of my sight. Bye! 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 The attitude is so good. Like, the escalation of it and, like, the the pure disdain for men. I- it just- I relate. She's- she's such a beautiful representation. Like, that's my lesbian queen. Yeah. Now it's time for our trailer reaction. Okay, here is the little blurb for the final episode of season four. Uh, so 419, Killing Mr. Honey. Machen Amick directs this Yay! episode! After receiving a letter from the University of Iowa asking him to submit a story- Jughead works on a twisted tale about the gang's revenge fantasy against Principal Honey for all the ways he's ruined their senior year. So who's to say if they're actually killing Mr. Honey or if this is if, just part of... If it's just like a Rashomon episode where they all like... I swear, if the, if the season finale... I, knew they, I know that they didn't mean for it to be the season finale, but if the season finale is just like a bottle episode that's just like a dream the whole time, I'm going to be sad. Yeah. It probably is. Yeah. Uh, KJ, Lily, Camila, Madeline, Marisol, Machen, Mark, Casey, Skeet, and Charles are also here. It's a huge cast. Yeah. I'm I'm just really glad that Machen got to be in the episode she directed because mm-hmm. a lot of times for like new directors on CW shows, that doesn't happen. It looks like good, exciting things are happening for her as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, you guys yeah, are yeah. taking a look at the uh stills that they're offering it also just implies that like machin has a good contract yeah all right so now we're gonna watch it uh three two one play mr honey he's a fiend well the one thing that would stop mr honey is if we killed him this does this is this trailer literally is just like they got the bunny masks back yeah i do have to say that having the bunny masks brings brett even more to the forefront Mm -hmm. because like i think because the bunny thing is supposed to be about american psycho which is like brett's whole thing like that's the reason why brett is here is because roberto loves american psycho um and i think we had thoughts from listeners from like a while ago that i forgot to mention about American Psycho. Way to go, Robin. Christina. You guys remember Christina? She was the one who was like, this is all Jughead's story. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. Yes, she had 
theories that were too cool for the show. Yeah, so she DM'd us again like a while ago. Um, the showrunner of Riverdale wrote the book that inspired the musical American Psycho. So it makes sense that he would borrow names and plot points from the book slash movie slash musical. It may be a good book to reference when creating new theories about this show in the future. So Brett Easton Ellis wrote American Psycho and Roberto wrote the book for the musical. So that means, sorry, the book means um, just the dialogue. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Uh, and so that is interesting. And if they bring back the bunny masks, which is a reference to American Psycho, therefore Brett. There you go. I'm into it. So now we're going to go through the trailer. Okay, so we see a shot of Honey. Um, Veronica saying that she doesn't like him. We get everybody in the bunny mask. I don't know who's in the bunny mask, but they are. Mr. Honey's like not frightened enough. <laughs> like, he should be more frightened, I feel like. Yeah, but it's Betty's also a like, dream sequence, right? Yeah, so. Betty's like, let's kill him. And I'm like, eh, this isn't real. So now they're beating up Mr. Honey. And then they're like, who knows how to get rid of a body? Literally everybody. <laughs> that was really funny. I remember seeing, like, watching it and being like, someone didn't put their hand down. But I think everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, every the core four and Cheryl? I hope so. Anyway. <sighs> Watch it be Reggie. Uh, no, it's definitely Cheryl. She's wearing red. She's oh. long hair, you see. Might be. Um, that's it. And that's going to be the season finale, I guess. Uh, I do like that the we see the kids all like gathered around and like attempting to kill Mr. Honey, but the uh, promo pics also have the, te- the parents coming at him like a mob. Right. So I saw a theory on Twitter. I can't remember who said it. I'm so sorry. That the kids like dream about killing Mr. Honey and the parents actually go through with it. Oh, wow. I watched that. I mean, hey, parents, who has experience hiding a dead body? A lot of them. I'll also raise their hands. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And we also have a survey. It's just perpetually open. It's in the description. And we would love to hear from you. Some things that you like about the pod. Some things that you don't like about the pod. So that we know what to change. But um, yeah. I want to hear what you don't like about the pod. Those uh, (laughs) stars on iTunes are real helpful so that other people can find us. Yeah. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show, too. Um, it's coming back at the end of May, but Lord knows what's happening or what's going on. Or if indeed, then we'll have a trailer before it drops. Yeah. But, we will, but we will be there. We are doing season seven. Um, so if you want to join us over there, we would love to have you. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show, too. We did all of season one, and we have done all of season two. Woo-hoo! Our whole season two is finally out, which is really exciting. Um, and I hope that you check it out. It's spoiler-free. So um, if you're watching with us for the first time and you think it's going to be too confusing, I promise it will not be too confusing as long as you pay attention and you listen to our podcast so I can explain everything to you. (laughs) If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, We've covered all of season one. We are currently covering season two. Uh, Those come out every six weeks and... um, Eight. Oh, those come out every eight weeks. I think. uh, Ish. And um, we're, we're basically we're trying to show we're trying to take up the entire year. It's yeah. a pandemic. Yeah. We're we're trying to give you something to do until we eventually get season four, mm-hmm. which is obviously going to take some time. So uh, go check that out. It's one of my favorite pods to talk on. If you're a fan of Star Trek Picard, that is my personal favorite podcast that we do. Um, we covered all of season one. We're gonna have a roundtable soon ish. Who's to say in these uncertain times? Girl, we got time. Let's do it. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing more Star Trek content on there. We're just trying to get an idea of, like, what we want to do. But, yeah, if you're into Star Trek, I'm into Star Trek. So, at me on Twitter about it. Thank you. You can join us every Tuesday on the TV Co. app at 7 p.m. PST. We're only doing it for another couple weeks. So, uh, make sure you join us live over there. Um, if not, you can check out all of our broadcasts 
later on our profile on TVCo. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebelly, YouTube, but mostly Twitter. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash The Aficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because it's really expensive. Um, we could really use your help, uh, but we understand that uh, times are tough right now. Um, but if you do help us out over $5 a month, then you get 10% off at shopbelux.com, which is in the description if you want to just go check it out. And uh, all my stuff is on there as well. And if you can't help us out, the next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. It is truly, like, you don't realize how much help it is by just recommending us to a friend. Sure. So take some time right now. Pause the podcast. Think about somebody who you think would like one of our podcasts. And text them about it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at, at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sam Casey's, which is S-A-M-C-A-S-E-Y-S. I yell about television a lot. She does. Join us for our next episode, which is 419, Killing Mr. Honey. So Killing Mr. Honey is a reference to Killing Mr. Griffin, which is a 1978 suspense novel by Lois Duncan. And uh, here is the summary. Hmm. After being humiliated in English class by his teacher, Mr. Griffin, popular high school student Mark Kinney wants his revenge. With his friends, he plans to kidnap Mr. Griffin using his girlfriend Susan as bait. Ugh, Mr. Griffin. What the heck? To frighten Mr. Griffin and to photograph him and expose him for the fatuous phony for the fatuous phony that he seems to be. But the prank goes wrong when Griffin dies from heart failure. Now Mark and his friends must cover their tracks before they are accused of murder. So, more importantly, the person who directed the movie version of Killing Mr. Griffin is named Jack Bender! Oh my god! And he's one of the main uh, directors on Lost, so uh, I love him. <laughs> okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye.